You're listening to the Anna Fur Show, episode number 24. Hey guys, and welcome to today's show. Today you get to meet my good friend Lee Leonitz, who is a social media expert. He shares how he has experienced stress over the course of his pretty long career as an entrepreneur. We also talk about the importance of listening to your body and working with your body, plus the importance of allowing yourself support instead of competition. A lot of juice is being shared today. Lee is a very experienced entrepreneur, so let's go to the show. Welcome to the Anna Furu Show. This podcast is designed to empower you to overcome entrepreneurial stress and avoid burnout so that you can build sustainable long-term success and well-being as an entrepreneur and most importantly, make a positive impact in the world. Hello, Lee. Hey, how's it going? Good. How up? are you? <laughs> I am fantastic. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing? Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so honored. Well, thank you for having me. It's a privilege to be on your show, finally. Uh, I'm so excited to share, share you with my audience. <laughs> Finally, because I think you have so much to say, you know, around both, of course, the business side of it and also, you know, the stress side and how we can deal with that. So I'm really excited to have you on. Alrighty. Well, let's, let's fire away. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so we're friends, but for the listeners who don't know you, would you like to introduce yourself a bit? Okay. So, well, my name is Lee Lonitz. I am a media guru, which rhymes with furu. I just realized. <laughs> so, Shmita gurus, strategist, ghostwriter. <laughs> you like that one. Keynote speaker. I help small businesses and actually recently larger, medium-sized, large-sized businesses to uh, grow their audiences on social media. So that comes down to attracting audiences, boosting brands, and creating communities all around your product. So, yeah, whether that be Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, etc. So I realized that you know this digital landscape is it's very it gets very noisy, and the landscape is just inundated with different social media tools that overwhelm quite a number of business owners. So. My goal is to help you. So I always tell my clients, if you're getting the jitters when you're using Twitter, if you feel like you're all over the place with book of face, if you feel like you give a damn using Instagram or you're getting slammed using Instagram, if you're feeling a whole lot of chagrin using LinkedIn, if you feel like a noob using YouTube or you just feel like crap using Snap, come and talk to me. I'm here to help you. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> How about that? I'm going to jump off the page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that intro actually I've had for quite a while and everybody just absolutely loves it because, you know, when it comes to social media, one of the cardinal things is you have to learn how to stand out while you're broadcasting your message. So that one resonates well. I am, truth be told, I am working on a new message. I don't know if it ever compared to that legacy one right there, but I am working on a new one and we're happy so I will stay tuned for that keep it on lock exciting yeah can't wait to hear that but I seriously I love that I need to get your help with the words you're a wordsmith <laughs> <laughs> all right so so you're located in the Bay Area in uh, San Francisco correct Silicon Valley so more properly San Jose but I do okay. work 
with business owners around the entire Bay Area, Silicon Valley, San Francisco, East Bay, and beyond. Okay. So tell us about your business. You've had it for 12 years, I think, right? That's correct. So doing a little bit of a rewind right here, I originally started my business as a design, a web design firm called Design Foresight back in 2007. Uh, I had been working for a tech company in San Jose for about 10 years or so coming out of college. And around the, t- around the uh, time when the dot-com boom suddenly you know, boomed around the turn of the millennium, I developed a interest in the internet. And so I started dabbling, it, dabbling in it along as well as you know, working full time. So I was actually volunteering doing freelance websites for, for business owners, for coworkers who actually had side jobs, who had side hustles, whether it was like a bed and breakfast, which is one of the very first ones I did, or like selling jalapeno peppers. So I developed an uh, interest in the internet. And then after that, just I started really becoming more enamored with it. And then about 2007 or so, we had layoffs and I made it through three cuts of the hoop. And then afterward, I was out of there. But by then, actually, I was ready to go into, I felt like I had a calling, like I wanted to go into business for myself. I absolutely love helping people. And so with my passion in web design, I formed a small little web design firm called Design Foresight. And then, oh, about maybe eight or nine years later, when we had the recession, suddenly I decided to diversify that a little bit. I had a side interest in social media at the particular time. I originally was probably with the early crowd in adopting Facebook when Facebook came around in 2000, well, came out in 2004, but I jumped on it around 2007 and started getting in there. Remember Facebook back when it was very, simple you know where you yeah. it was all about poking your hand or like throwing pillows or throwing sheep and everything like that you wonder what the heck that was all about so so eventually I added social media to that so fast forward you know about 12 years later or so I provide both web design and social media services for clients amazing I love it okay so why did you start this like what is your why basically why did you switch to social media well, so when you become an entrepreneur, one of the things I've learned is that typical to any career, that will always evolve. So they say that you, a person, the average person has half a dozen careers in their lifetime. And that goes not only with when you're working for somebody else, but I firmly believe when it's working for yourself as well, your, your entrepreneurial journey evolves over time. So originally for me, it started off, I was originally an aerospace engineer, and then I went from that into my job as a web designer. And then from there, yeah, I know, go figure right that. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, Things are coming out here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, one of my favorite favorite phrases, you know, it's not rocket science. And uh, it's going to be on my epitaph as well later on when it's my time. It's like not rocket science. And so, yeah. So um, it evolved to web design. And then after that, it evolved again to social media. You know, it's a constant evolution. Because as you, in the entrepreneur journey, you're constantly learning and, and taking in new experiences and new ideas and new innovative knowledge as well. And that adds to your overall experience. You know, it's all about that journey. It's more than just a destination, it's a journey. So for me, I just happen to, I love connecting with people and I love the digital environment. So being able to connect with people online, the way that I connect with people offline created a, a perfect, you know, a perfect storm, if you will, to just go right into social media. And fortunately, that storm has gotten bigger these days because now originally where I was on Facebook first, now I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, I'm on getting back on the YouTube and I'm on TikTok and all that stuff, WeChat and everything. 
Mm -hmm. Wow. I love it. Okay. So basically what I'm hearing is that your why is to be like connection, authentic connection. Is that it? Yeah, I believe I found for me that that I like I like connecting with people. And so I love connecting people in person and then being able to stay connected with online through social media. It goes social media for me creates a much more personal connection than just simply Remember the old days before social media, the old days for you, it's probably not too long ago, but it's like where we used to email each other back and forth, you know, so it's just about that. Those, that's obviously not as, that's not as personal as being able to upload your, your latest photo, you know, of like what you're having for dinner or, you know, or that vacation spot coming back from say like the Grand Canyon, something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all about, for me, I love that personal connection and that's why you find me on social media. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And now you help business owners and businesses to to leverage their business through social media, creating this authentic connection, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because when when for social media, what I always tell people, my audience is in that look at the first six letters in the phrase social media. It's social, right? It's all about staying social. People love people. You know, people love to buy, but people, in my opinion, people love to buy but people hate being sold to. And similar to the spam that you get your email box, people just get, just grow exhausted and enervated from seeing spammy messages on social media. So, you know, in today's age, we see a lot more ads than we have ever seen before. We see a lot more sales pitches than we've ever seen before, you know, depending on no matter which, almost which uh, social media channel you go to. So, you know, it's, uh, we want to stay focused on, you know, staying connected. We want something that creates as much of a personal connection as possible. And social, you can leverage social media to connect with people personally while be while delivering the message around your product or your your service and because business owners we're all out there to solve a problem in the end that's what it's really about we're out there to solve a problem mm-hmm. and being able to relate your brand whether it's a product say like a gift basket or you know or it's like uh, jalapeno peppers like i mentioned earlier to service for example like providing coaching services like what you do for example you know solving a problem right there and how it can solve a problem in the consumer's daily life how it we can we can relate to that person yes Mm -hmm. so what is your best business memory so far you know, this is a good question. I had to think back on this here because I've been in the business for 12 years. I think one of my most favorite memories was actually when I first started my business back in 2007, as it is probably most people's, you know, you're all excited. It's a, you're, you know, in this honeymoon phase with your business, you know, right before you start getting, having the, your typical arguments with your own self about why did I ever do this? But I remember when I first opened up my business that I had my parents there. And so just as a, as a footnote, part of my background is I actually come from an Asian heritage and actually part Chinese, part Vietnamese. And whenever we have a grand opening for, say, like a store retail location, we often have the Chinese lion dances come in there, you know, with the drums and the lions and everything, you know, to to bring good luck to that. So I was running my business out of my house at the time. And so unbeknownst to me, my mom had actually had called up a local lion dance troupe and had them come over to the house. Now, to set the stage for you, I lived in this like three and a half, four story townhome, attached townhome in between two other townhomes, about 1800 square feet. 
And we had neighbors across the street, this big old apartment building. And yeah, I, I, can only, I can only tell you the look on people's faces when all of a sudden you hear a bunch of drums outside and clang of cymbals. And there are these two lions, you know, people dance, two lions dancing outside in, in the streetway and everything like that. And then they start coming up into the house and they have to traverse this very narrow stairway going up, uh, you know, going up three or four flights of stairs because my office was actually on the very top level of my house. So it was just completely funny seeing these guys just come snake all the way up, you know, and you've ever seen a Chinese lion dance, say like at a store or a restaurant, you know that the head is pretty big. The mask dances yeah. pretty big. There's always two dancers. Sometimes they stand on top of each other's shoulders and everything. But imagine them trying to traverse this very narrow staircase going up three or four flights to the very top just to get the office and then taking turns popping their head in and out of the office door, you know. <laughs> So uh, that was just such an amazing memory, you know, and then we had like, you know, we had some, we had some Buddhist monks come over, you know, because my mom is Buddhist and just like bless, bless the, bless the office, bless the business, bless the house, you know, <laughs> so have the water thrown out. So I think that was one of my most favorite, favorite memories of all, like just. <laughs> wow, I love it. That's, wow, that's a really vivid, uh, really rich memory, colorful. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. What a what a bang! What a way just to kick off your business. Yeah, I should do that. Hmm. I wonder if they have we have any Chinese lion dancers around here in Sweden. I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so what kind of if we go into the topic of stress? So you've had your business for twelve years and you've had it evolve quite a bit. How has your experience with stress? How has it changed through the years? So for me in particular, the more that you, the longer you stay in business in general, the more you tend to take on, you wind up serving more clients, you have more responsibilities, your service offerings probably multiply and diversify. And that can be a huge workload for, for you know, one person. It's a lot to handle. And then you've also got to run like administrative duties. You know, you got to work on your business in addition to working in your business. So these days, the, the phrase goes, it takes a, it takes a village right there is very, very true. You know, I try to work with other business partners, with other collaborators, with other vendors in order to, to take care, address services that I need, you know, in order to serve my customers. And it's, it, that's a whole lot to take on. I think that's one thing that a lot, that a lot of entrepreneurs at this very start don't understand that they, they become very enamored. You know, you're going to start your own business. You're going to have all this freedom. You can set your own hours. You can earn these, you know, the six digits, you know, that everybody else is hustling on Instagram or whatever. And then it's, and then suddenly they get started and it becomes, eventually becomes like a, a pail, a cold pail of water thrown on them when they hit like their first major challenge. Mm -hmm. So it's important to understand that when, you know, it, there's a lot of stress involved, there's going to be a lot of stress involved when you run your business. It's not, you know, you're going to have a honeymoon phase just like everybody does. But after that, when you really get down to work and you start realizing the challenges of owning and working on a business, in addition to actually working in your business, doing the work, mm -hmm. it's going to create stress. I guarantee it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being able to when you do feel that, being able to step back and check yourself and find out, okay, well, what do I need? What, you know, what do I need in order to 
overcome these particular stressors is going to be key, whether it's simply something as simple as managing your time to learning new skills. For example, if you need to take a class to hiring a mentor, if there are areas in which you feel like you need more improvement, you know, being able to recognize when you hit those hurdles, you know, so I mean, that's pretty much it in a nutshell, I'd say. Okay, lovely. So did it change? So you said you mentioned the honeymoon phase in the beginning. So when did it start to get really more stressful for you as you experienced it? Good question. So, you know, there's a saying that businesses that, 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 what is it, the first year is actually the most crucial year when it comes to a business as a survival. And then after that, the next magic number is three. And then after that, it's five, you know, it's the, the first several odd numbers. So I, I personally think that those numbers, in my humble opinion, are pretty accurate. I think that you really start hitting, you really start hitting the grade when you reach like say year three, because now you're no longer, we assume you're no longer freelancing it, but basically you're in it, you know, to, to win it. And then when you get to like year five, it's like, okay, well, this is, you're in it for, you know, I assume that you're in it for the long haul because after year five, generally you focus on year 10. Yeah. So it's no longer a fly by night type of deal. And so that again, you know, generates stress. You have to think about what's your roadmap for the future, mm. what's in your business plan, you know, how are you going to grow your company to the point where it's self-sufficient, where you can perhaps retain a team and or help you run the business when you're not there? How will you eventually, when the business is successful, will you stay with it or will you transfer it to somebody, you know, somebody else? It's a, it has a, it's a, it's an evolution. It really is. It's kind of, you know, it's kind of like having a, a child, if you will, if I may, you know, you have, you have, you, you're birthing this entity called a business, this child called a business and you're helping it grow and you're helping it evolve and it's learning and you're learning about it and, you know, and, and how to make it better. Better. And then eventually after that, it's got to be self-sufficient on its own. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that you say this because I think that for us, you know, who are younger <laughs> or who have younger businesses, you know, it's so easy, as you say, to just, you just go into it and you're like, I'm going to have this overnight success. And then, you know, we, we don't really think about it long term, as you mentioned. Yeah, you know, and you get excited, and then after after you get your, you know, your first check is probably the most important thing right there, you know, or the most thing that excites you when you start getting clients and work for your business. But then pretty soon you get a different kind of check. It's called a reality check. <laughs> <laughs> Realize when how much it costs you to run your business, not just monetarily, but also from the resources in terms of your health, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So what have you found most stressful in your business? Like at the moment, if we say. I think that, so, you know, being at year 12, um, for me, being, to, being able to grow, one of the stressors that I face is actually being able to meet a lot of people, to grow visibility at a level that sometimes, you know, goes beyond what you feel you can handle. Like sometimes, I mean, I just make connections like wildfire. And then it's, it's hard to, you know, maintain, maintain it. You know, I want to help every single person, but, but it's, but you gotta like, you have to, you have to establish a certain cadence. You have to be able to modify you know, the frequency at which you can serve your clientele uh, so that you can do it effectively. Otherwise I used to tell people, you know, I was taught by my mentors that again, it takes a village. It's okay for you to, you know, to allocate and also, you know, to rely on other people when you feel like you just can't handle it all because in the end you know as entrepreneurs we're often in the same you know 
the world. You know, you find out that you find like-minded spirits where you, you'll find like-minded spirits that are in the same journey as you are. We're all here to serve clientele. We're all here to help solve problems. You know, so it's okay to rely. You know, say you call up a friend or call up a vendor partner and say, you know, can you handle this part for me? You know, join. You know, join Lee's brigade. You know, let's go ahead and solve this solve this problem. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just like the, the, the stressor is meeting a lot of people. Recently, a lot of people this past year. I'm just I'm just completely grateful for this. You know, very blessed. I feel very blessed about it. And being able to handle the connections and meet people and talk to people while being able to continue to you know to to continue my clientele. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So basically the challenge is that you need to be visible, but that also takes a lot of energy. Is that what I'm hearing? And then to maintain it as well. Yes. You know, you, uh, so again, you know, it goes back to, it goes back to the difference between working in your business and working on your business. So, you know, you gotta be, when you work, when you're starting off as an entrepreneur, or maybe you're in your early stages, you're probably doing both. You're working in your business and working on your business at the same time. You are your, you are your desk person, your computer programmer, you know, whatever you, whatever basic services you're offering, but you also your marketing department, you're also your salesperson, you're also your CPA, you know, you are your own secretary, things like that. You are the CEO, you know, you're the owner of the company, the, the, the business. So you're basically a, a chief everything officer, that kind of CEO. And yeah, you know, so being able to understand that and then understand that you're not in it alone. There's so many other people who are designed to be entrepreneurs and that, you know, you can ask for help, you know, can you can lend to, you can connect with. Okay, so building a community of partners. Like-minded entrepreneurs. Yeah, like-minded, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, building a community of like mind, building a community of like-minded entrepreneurs, or joining a community of like-minded entrepreneurs will definitely help foster and facilitate your entrepreneurial growth. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sustain it. Might I say, sustain it in the long run too? Because again, when you hit those hurdles, which every entrepreneur does, you know, you're going to need people to fall back on to express, you know, sometimes express your stress, sometimes inquire about how to you know, ameliorate certain things that you do. So, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Mm-hmm. I love this. I mean, that's so important because we also like with stress, you know, I talk a lot about this, that the most stressful experience is the experience of feeling alone when, you know, with a challenge and being a lone wolf in business is really like that, right? And that really stresses our nervous system out because we're wired for social, you know, we're social beings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. So have you, Lee, have you thought of, you know, outsourcing or those things, you know, how, 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 what is your approach to that? Yeah. So for me, again, you know, similar to other entrepreneurs, when I have a, when you have a certain need that is not in your wheelhouse, you definitely should outsource it or allocate it. You know, so I work with, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm not a videographer. I love being on video in front of cameras, but I don't, you know, that's not my forte, being able to edit videos. So occasionally I will allocate videos that need to be done to say like a videographer. Or if I need professional photos taken, I can't take, you know, studio-like photos with my phone camera to save my life. So I definitely will call in to like a professional photographer. You know, I work, I, 
I, you know, my business, we take care of our books, but we always use a CPA, you know, and make sure that all of, you know, all the numbers match up, you know, or, you know, legal assistance. We do rely on a legal firm as well. So all the T's are you know, crossed and all the I's are dotted. So yeah, yeah you know, you, you figure out what, what your business needs, figure out what you can handle yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you ideally delegate and allocate to power partners, as we say in our community here, power partners to, you know, help you with rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Because I think that's something that a lot of that kind of kills a lot of businesses. Would you agree that, you know, the business owner wants to do everything for too long? Like in the beginning, yes, we do have to do everything ourselves. But, you know, it's important to discern, like, when is the time that, okay, I do need to delegate this video editing, for example, as you mentioned, or mm-hmm. all of that. That's correct. Yes, because you will uh, entrepreneurs will find that as your business evolves, you know, as, you, as your business evolves, that the business doesn't get easier. It actually gets harder. And that goes for most, in my opinion, that just goes for most for every business. And if you are trying to tackle everything by yourself, once you get to that five-year mark and 10-year market, you know, which everyone wants to get to beyond that, if you try to handle everything by yourself, it's going to become a Herculean, you know, effort on your part. It will wear you down, you know, and then you will have, you know, you'll fatigue, you'll face you know, uh, occasional chronic stoppages because, you know, you're, you're trying to keep up with everything. And uh, mind you, your, your body is also trying to fall in suit with your mind as well, trying to keep up. Mm-hmm. And you just can't, it's just like, you know, as I learned from this famous life health coach, left life wellness coach in Sweden that, you know, you got to stay things sustainable. You got to keep things sustainable. You know, maybe you know her actually, <laughs> maybe you know her personally. <laughs> You know, it's all about sustainability. (laughs) Yeah. So I meant to the audience out there, truth be told. Yeah. It's just like, so one thing I've learned through Anna, I think it's just very awesome is the power of sustainability. You know, you hear about sustainability all the time in the news these days about sustainable, sustainable planting, sustainable farming, sustainability. But I learned through Anna that, you know, it also applies to your business. I absolutely love the analogy right now. You want to make sure that your success is sustainable as well. You know, so can you, for you read on social media a lot about how like, oh, while you were sleeping, I was hustling and making six digits, you know. I think one of my friends aptly put on social media not too long ago, like, stop making, you know, ruining your body something sexy, like something cool. It's not. It's right there. And you'll realize that when your body shuts down after you try to go, say, like more than 48 hours or so like that, and then, you know, you might have a temporary reprieve, but guess what? You start up, the, you start it up again, the cycle repeats itself, eventually wears you down mentally and physically. So, you know, how long can you sustain that? If you're going to be in business for 10 years, 20 years, you know, you're going to keep going around that same merry-go-round. Mm-hmm. So, you know, success, however you approach success in your business needs to be sustainable. So thank you very much for, for edifying me with that very helpful distinction. My pleasure. And I really love how you, you know, you really also helped me to see how that can be important. And that, you know, that's something like you say, I just really hate it when the online entrepreneurial world is so focused on the hustle and grind. And as you say, like, you know, it's just it's like trying it's like Terminator going into business, you know, (laughs) and thinking that you can just like, power through it and that's just not how it works right because we have bodies we have brains and they're not machines 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like it's like Terminator telling itself, you know, you are terminated, and then afterward, I'll be back, and then after that, you are terminated, and then I'll be back. You know? <laughs> That's how you create a short circuit in your business. You know, you're done. I'm just done. I'm just done. You know, then after it, I'll be back. You know, I'm just done. I'm so tired. I can't do anything about it. And then you wake up the next night. Okay, I'll be back. You know, I'm ready to <laughs> stick around. You know, so. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I just think business model is making killing your bodies a cool thing, y'all. It's just not, you know, it's not just maybe when you're, yeah, you know, even when you're young too, I mean, because you're just basically setting up the landscape for later on where you're not going to be able to, in my opinion, sustain it right there. Mm-hmm. And if you got a team of people as well, I, I would, you know, I'm, I would wonder if one would espouse, you know, and extol the same type of approach, you know, to your mm-hmm. team as well. Like, oh, you know, you can only, you got to go 40 hours, 48 hours nonstop. You got to hustle, hustle, hustle. And then, okay, then you can sleep. And then you got to get up and you got to start it all over again. Wow. That's so true. And I think that there is only a certain kind of work that you can do while running on the adrenal energy, you know, like pushing yourself for 48 hours, as you say, you can't do the creative, the fine nuances of business, like you can't be efficiently creative when you're pushing yourself like that past your body's limits, right? Yeah, eventually your body will catch up with you. It may, it it will, you know, in in the beginning when you're starting your business and you're super uber excited about it, I'll say this for my own self, I'm at that the way I was too. When I first my business, admittedly, I did pull, you know, almost all nighters. I, I would work 10 to 12 hours a day because simply because I was just full of adrenaline. I was so excited about my brand new business and being with certain people that, but then, then after that, something called life happens. Yeah. You know, you need, you, if, you know, for example, like you have responsibilities to your family, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, you have, if you have, if you're married with kids, you have responsibility to your kids. Mm-hmm. You have errands to run as well, and those are also important, and they come into the the whole engine, you know, the whole foray. So, you know, give yourself some slack. You know, you don't you don't have to work ten or twelve hours every time just to you know to make a mark on success. You know, if it works for you, fine. But just like I just believe in the long run that is sustainably that you're going to last longer if you find a way to make it more more steady you know steady wins the race in my opinion yeah that's so true that's so true so how do you do you so for example for me like i i sometimes find myself working like 10 hours and when i do that i like my body is very predictable in a way to me right now because i you know after my burnout the chronic fatigue years that i had i really it really taught me to listen to my body you know so there's always something good in for example a burnout that's how i how i teach it but so today if i do a 10 hour day i'll notice it you know in my body very clearly like how how do you notice or do you notice if you push yourself like that or do an all-nighter for example well you know your brain has a way of telling you that you're you're reaching its limits for me i do feel fatigue i start to slow down when i first wake up you know i'm roaring all cylinders are firing but then throughout the day, gradually, you know, you know, tiredness sets in and it creeps up, you know. So you, you have that, that physical creep that comes in that slows you down. And that's, 
that's how I notice it as well. So I do pay attention to when that, you know, that, that, the, you know, that when that creep comes in, you know, the, when you're starting to feel like you're not coherent as, as when you first started and, you know, you allow yourself a break, a cat nap, you find the, you find the most optimal times throughout the day that work for you to, you know, to be on the clock. Hmm. And, you, and you work, you know, for, for me, I work with my body. I stop working against it. I work with it. You know, a good friend of mine who's a chiropractor said that basically, you know, when your body emits some sort of pain, some sort of thing like that, it's the body doesn't lie. You know, it doesn't fatigue. It doesn't give you pain because it derives some sort of pleasure out of it. It is your body signaling to you that, you know, you need to draw back or regenerate. So I try to listen to that when that happens. And I try not to override that, you know, even to miss, sometimes in the, with deadlines, I will push my limits, but you know, I try not to override that with things with like, say, for example, too much caffeine, for example, and I don't drink energy drinks as well, because I just, I think those wreck your body. Yes. You know, I just try to, you know, I just try to go with the, you know, the natural rhythm of your body and work with it. I work with my body instead of working against it to try and as a team to optim- create optimal results. Mm -hmm. that's so awesome i love that because the problems start surfacing and i love that you mentioned the what your chiropractor said you know because the body like it will be quiet for a long time if you push it too hard like for me i could push myself you know i i was doing endurance sports and i would do it for 12 hours for several days in a row and it would just serve me you know it would just do the work but then and also like doing 10 hour days at work and all of that, you know, but eventually you're, that's because your body is running on the adrenal energy, right? And soon enough, when you start to exhaust those reserves, you're going to get the signals, as you mentioned, you're going to get pain or you're going to get, you know, brain fog or all of these things. And and it's so key that we actually listen to those as you do, mm-hmm. because the problem comes when, if we push through, when we start getting those signals, that's when we're approaching, you know, a crash basically sooner later mm-hmm. and you know i wanted to add for those of uh, for those of us who spend a lot of time in front of the computer there's also a very elusive element of exhaustion that creeps up as well you know you're for those you know if you're staring at a screen for hours on end you develop eye strain which it's very hard to detect until your eyes start to hurt mm. you a lot of people myself included occasionally get text neck you know tech text neck you know where basically you spent you, you spend so much time looking at your phone or mobile device and then you start to develop strain in the back of your neck and then it's not until what do they what do they say that basically your body actually most of your pain is 90% hidden. It's only that last 10% finally that you actually feel in your pain receptors that and you're already 90% in right there. You're 90% in too far where you should have been. So, you know, exhaustion can happen on, on more clandestine levels in addition to obvious levels when you spend a lot of time in front of a computer. So it's important, again, to pay attention when your body is is giving you signals, you know, and, and, and work with it yes thank you so much for saying that that is such an important message because we can honestly if we do that we can avoid so much pain and possibly burnout because let's face it we we get a burnout not just like that we get it because we we've pushed our body too far for too long basically and not and ignore we've been ignoring the signals right 
So how do you maintain like work-life balance, Lee? How, what does that look for like for you? Well, recently I've actually, I've tried to, I've actually, that's work-life balance is something that every entrepreneur has to constantly work at. And everybody has a different level to that. For me, I have to work at it harder. And recently I actually spend a little bit more time with family, with loved ones, and, and you know, take a day or two off per week just to allow myself to recharge. Uh, you know, about the feast and fatigue syndrome, if you will. I found that when I actually take a day or, day or two off per week, I give myself permission to do that. That makes me come back and I'm more refreshed at my job. So whether that be going out and, and you know, going out with family and friends and going for a walk or just, you know, just going out and spending time with friends at dinner or going to watch a movie or even just sitting at home and, and sleeping and relaxing, watching TV and just doing nothing, giving yourself permission to you know, unplug if that's possible in today's digital age. Because, you know, it's easy, for example, when you're taking a day off that, you know, your phone, your mobile phone probably doesn't take a day off or you take a day off with your mobile phone. So, you know, a lot of people, I know yourself included, you know, do the digital detox thing. I will, I will admit that I, as a social media person, have a very hard time at unplugging. You know, my running joke is that I don't know if I'll ever, ever unplug, you know, unless like my phone dies, you know, or somebody like takes it and throws it away from me. So I stay plugged in so that other people can unplug the irony of that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, just being able to find some time and, and you know, and, and devote yourself to take care of your health, mm. uh, uh, you know, every week. Okay. Okay. But basically, so you, you take two days off, is that every week or is it the weekends or do you mix up? Like I know some people, some entrepreneurs do the kind of the kind of like nine to five, but in their own business. But how do you do, do that? For me, I just, you know, I set times during the days of when I'm going to work and then I just roll with, I roll with that. I usually will take a weekend day off, like a weekend in lieu of working, taking a weekday off. I think that I think that your your mind has an innate way of saying I need time off, and it doesn't operate by always operate by Gregorian calendar. So I learned to listen to my brain, saying, okay, well, you know what? If I don't feel like I'm at my peak productivity today, then maybe it's it, you know it's time to have a, a mental health day. And that could be say like if it's on a Wednesday, for example, whatever. I try to pay attention to those signals so that the next time I come back on the clock, I'm roaring back stronger than before. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay, so you're you're doing it more organically throughout the week. Yeah, yeah. No GMOs here. All organic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> No team, I was saying that. Are you a morning or an evening person? You know, that's a good question. I get asked that once in a while from people. I actually am more, I think I'm more of a morning person, an overnight owl type of person. I actually, my peak productivity, going back to the previous question, is when I have solitude, when everything's very quiet. You know, I'm a people person by day, but when I when I need to get down to the grind, um, I actually enjoy solitude, and that includes also auditory solitude. So I... Sometimes at, I'm at my happiest when I'm working at or two in the morning and everything's quiet and I know that I don't have to, I don't have to deal with any the, the little, you know, like the little bing, little bing sounds, you know, from your 
from your email, you know, or messenger popping up, you know, social media, this and stuff like that. But I do also tend to work more in the mornings because that's when I'm more refreshed. That's my, my more optimum time. It used to be I used to work more overnight hours, but then your body's biorhythm may shift. Mm. And so for me, I, I, I work with it. So I may work until say 11 or 12 at night, and then go to bed, get up early. And then so that I am at my optimal to, you know, because it affects you, it, you, you when you're at your optimal or not, you know, it's going to affect the quality of the work that you do. Absolutely. Yeah. When you are tired, I find that. So for me, for example, I try not to work when I'm tired. I try not to send emails when I'm tired. I try not to post stuff to social media because one of the things I do is ghostwriting. I try not to post anything when I'm tired because the the chances that I'm going to make a mistake are higher when my mind, when my brain is partially, you know, enervated. Yeah, so yeah, so I, you know, I listen to that. So I, I'll usually just go to bed and then get started again the next morning. Okay. And how many hours do you average per night? Like, what's your standard sleep? I usually, for me personally, I usually sleep about seven, seven or so, plus or minus. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I will tell you that, of course, yeah, if you if you fatigue, if your body shuts you down because you've gone too far, then for me, I get in, I'll, you know, have one of those 10 hour days. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to reach 10 hours because then by then I know that I've gone too far my body so i if i've slept if i've slept about six and a half seven hours i find is optimal for me six is a little bit too short because i'll feel a little bit tired and then eight for some reason eight just doesn't uh eight feels like a little bit too much for mm -hmm. you know i don't yeah so uh it just does it's hard to describe but seven i think works best Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's research about that, that as you say, like, for some people, like, you're, you're gonna notice when you reach either too little or too much. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay, so what, what has helped you the most to deal with entrepreneurial stress? I'm sorry, can you say that again? What has helped you the most to deal with entrepreneurial stress? I think one of the most effective methods with dealing with entrepreneurial stress is to just simply talk to other people about it. Uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, we're taught to go and put our game face on. That's both offline and online to make everything seem all hunky-dory and Pollyanna-ish and everything like that, you know, that we're all out there to be, you know, super-duper entrepreneurs. You know, you, there's a, the stress behind won't go away as a result of that face. So, you know, I tell people just it's okay to talk to friends, talk to to you know business colleagues, talk to family, have a support system that you can fall back on so that when you have those those tough days, you, you have a you have an outlet to express yourself. Because it, it will invariably affect your work. If you continue to drudge through your work, you know, with stress, frustration, you're going to develop uh, alternate symptoms like resentment. Mm. like giving upness for like a better word you, know, you want to just surrender things like that or you know you for some people they may feel a little bit angry you know like well, why do I have to work so hard mm. so my best recommendation for dealing with entrepreneur stress is to remember that it takes a village it takes a community and that includes not only work responsibilities but also the stress that's involved talk you know ask for help when you need help there's a lot of people there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there who really want to help other entrepreneurs succeed. So finding a network, you know, perhaps like online, for example, like in Facebook groups, which is one of the favorite places I love to go to, where you can actually talk to other people, share ideas, 
express your frustrations, gather gather strategies, you know, improve on yourself, mm-hmm. things like that. That will help you to eventually overcome overcome those stresses and or, or at least handle them, manage them better than if you try to do it on your own. Mm. Oh, I love that. That is so important. Do you feel like we talk enough mentioning this, as you say, like, do you feel like we talk enough about entrepreneurial stress within, you know, the entrepreneurial world online today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, the entrepreneurial world is only going to get more stressful. People are a lot busier today than they were 10 years ago. And we can probably think in part, thank technology for that. Technology is constantly evolving creating more and more ways to communicate, to advance, to, you know, to do business. And so it creates more, if you will, you know, it creates more, uh, it puts more on our to-do list because we're trying to do more and more with with technology. Mm-hmm. And the more that you try to handle on your own, then eventually it becomes like an Atlas, Atlassian type of feat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so you want to, again, it's okay for you to, you know, there's no shame in leaning on, you know, on friends, you know, like they'll say, you know, song goes, you know, lean on me. It's, there's no badge of honor to try and handle it all on your own to solve all your entrepreneurial stress, at least for me. I mean, that's not how I got my, my, my stripes. Mm, mm, Beautiful. I love that. Thank you for saying that. And you as a such an established entrepreneur, you know, it's, I think it's so such an important message. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I, I will tell you that, like, for me, my support system, friends, family, fellow entrepreneurs have been there, you know, because I've had my I've had my share of rough times as well. And uh, I'm very grateful for their for their support. I don't think that I would have come this far in my entrepreneurial journey if I didn't have people that helped me along the way. You know, it's kind of like when you, if you've ever run like a half marathon, for example, you know that you don't run it by yourself. You're surrounded by other runners who are, have the same goal, common goal as you are, you know, as you're in there. They're there and you're, you're running and you're talking with each other and joking. I'm, I'm, this, this assumes that you're not in front of the pack, you know, where you're trying to win. Like, you know, you're trying, you have the racing bib on, you're trying to, well, maybe you do have racing bib on, but you're not trying to win the prize or something like that. But, you know, people just will, will, are in it together to, to help each other out. You know, and then you have people on the sidelines as well, you know, cheering you on, you know, we're giving you water and food, you know, things like that. So that's, that's the same thing with the entrepreneurial race as well, where many of us are in the same race, you know, trying to get to, trying to get to the next milestone, trying to get to the finish line, if you will. Mm. And so it's okay for you to rely on your, your, you know, on your fellow peeps in the race. Mm. Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. And you really have that spirit also, Lee, which is so inspirational, you know, that it's not about competition, it's about community. So what kind of self-care do you do? So you mentioned already that you spend a lot of time with your family and friends. What other kinds of self-care does Lee do? Well, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> well, I do try to make sure I get some exercise in. That's important. Getting physical activity. Um, I try to do, for example, I try to be as ambulatory as possible, wherever possible. So I'm no, I have no fear in needing to get up from my desk to go and get a cup of coffee, a cup of water, you know, answer a phone call, things like that, you know, or to go out and run an errand, things. I like to try to be as mobile as possible. You can keep the blood flowing. Uh, I don't like to sit at a desk for a long period of time, you know, because there are certain health detriments to that. I also try to eat well as well. So again, like I don't load up on energy drinks because I think that that's, that's just 
wrecks your system. This is garbage that your body can't cannot use in the long run when it comes to you know a sustainable success for your business. You, you know, I've done. I meant like to the people who might be scoffing and saying, "Well, I, I've done." Well, I've been there for twelve years. I've been down. You know, I've spent many a night in, in front of the caffeine. You know, with all with a big pot of coffee. And I've done that right before. And then if I could tell myself my myself. 10 years ago, what I know now, I would probably say, you know what, a little bit less coffee, a little bit more rest. That's what I would tell myself. Hey, because you're, I, I'm coming back to you too. I'm at year 12 right now and I'm telling you right now, this is, I got this far, you'll get this far. So, you know, making sure that you put good stuff into your body because, you know, like, I think it's like Tony Robbins says, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Yeah. Eat well. Yes. Don't, yeah, you know, eat well. <laughs> <laughs> And rest. I love that. Less coffee, more rest. So many people would need that. Yeah, your body will thank you for it. And your your entrepreneur career will thank you for it as well. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay, so wrapping this up, Lee, what kind of message would you like to convey to, to our, you know, to the people listening? Can I see? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm thinking for a while right here. <laughs> so that's because I feel like we've talked about so much right here. So I would say that, you know, so the, the message that I would like to convey convey to other entrepreneurs out there, whether you are just getting started and you're creating your own business and you're excited about it, to those who have been in the business for a while, who are on, have been on the journey for a while, I would say that persistence pays off. If you, if this is something you're really passionate about doing, being in business for yourself, remembering why you got into business in the first place will help you sustain your mission as an entrepreneur. There have been times where in my challenges, I reflected back and asked myself, did I make the right decision for myself? And every single time I asked that and reflected, the answer was always the same. Yes, if I had to do this all over again, I would do it all over again. So that tells me that the there was a reward in facing down those challenges. So it's exciting being an entrepreneur, being able to work for yourself while working for others, helping others is an exciting thing to do in life. At the same time, just like all jobs, there's going to be challenges with it. And remembering why you are in the race to begin it, begin with. And whenever you feel like you're slowing down, you're going to fatigue. Keeping your eyes on the prize will eventually help you get to that finish line, whatever it is that you know your heart desires. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much, Lee. So I Thank think you. that you have a gift for the listeners as well. Is that correct? Yeah. You know, for those of you who uh, we've never met before, personally, if you feel that anything that I've said in this podcast has resonated with you as an entrepreneur, or if you're curious about learning how you can leverage social media for your business as well, especially if you're getting started for your business, I invite you to come and visit me online. I do offer complimentary consultations, 35 minute, I'm sorry, 35, 30 minute and 45 minute consultations for me to get to know your business and understand what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve uh, using social media. So just visit me online and let's set up a, a virtual consultation and see how um, we might be able to help your business succeed. 
amazing and you guys you really want to talk to lee because he as as we already talked about he's been in business for a long time and so knowledgeable and you were on facebook what what was it called the facebook summit or recently oh yeah so recently you're so recently i was at facebook's annual developer summit called the f8 conference and that was my first time going this year i was so so thrilled to, to actually be there you know because everybody knows how much i just love facebook and then to be actually at their you know their premier developer conference this past may it was just it was truly an honor and truly an experience amazing yeah so you guys i'm gonna drop all the links to lee's social platforms in the description and really make sure to follow him and do take the complimentary session it's really worth it thank you so much lee such an honor to have you on Thank you very much. Thank you for allowing me to you know, speak to your audience and share my insights and, and hopefully something helpful right there for, their, for that entrepreneur spirit and journey. Absolutely. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the show. If you liked it, make sure to leave a review. Also follow Lee. I'll share his links below. And if you want to get a free consultation with him, just reach out to him on any of his social platforms. I hope you have an amazing day. Take care. Talk soon.